0: welcome to the wellspring church podcast we're an international church family who wants to see jesus's love transform communities this recording is a sermon from our sunday service and will take you deeper into the bible in a real and relevant way you so um hello in the room and hello at home We are in this series at the moment of looking at what it is to build together and looking at leadership and building together leadership. And um, today we're gonna be talking about leadership longevity. I am convinced I've been asked to do this because of my age. They think, well, you know, you're still cracking on. You might as well have this one. So, um, but we've got something that I think will really help us. And I'll explain why we're going to talk about longevity in a minute. But first, I want to do it in the context of what we've had so far in this sort of series as we've looked at leadership. So you might remember a few weeks ago, I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, but a few weeks ago, David was speaking. And David was speaking about um, introducing the idea of leadership and how the Lord has flipped leadership from this element of sort of power and authority into service and how Jesus came and he washed the disciples' feet. He went into leadership in the space of serving. And, you know, when Tim and I were first asked to lead the church, you know, all those decades ago, there were four grown-up leaders at the time. We did not feel grown up. That's the why I emphasize that. But there were four grown-up leaders, fully adult leaders, leading the church. And they asked us, will you lead the church? Now, that's a ridiculous question to be asked. And the best answer is no, except David, don't say that. But um, the best answer is no, because it's like, well, no, that, that's big and scary. And why would we? Um, but we had three days. Three days they gave us to prayerfully consider it. We've given him ages. But three days we had. In those three days, it's amazing how the Lord can speak when you stop talking. Um, and so we, we stopped talking, we interceded, and the Lord reimagined the question for us. And he asked him and I really clearly, do you love these people enough to serve them by leading? That's a very different question to answer. Because we did, we still do. By the way, we did love them. To serve by leading, yeah, we can give that a go. If they'll have us, we can give that a go. You see, what um, what's his name? David was talking about the other week was flipping leadership, and this is what Jesus modelled, and this is what he told us: leadership is about serving. And if we can get our head and hearts around this, then we will stand in the place where God positions us and serve the people to whom He brings us in connection with, whoever they are. Whether it's in the workspace, the family space, the neighborhood space, this gathered collective space, the ch- whatever the space, we will serve people in the spaces where we come now the other then about two weeks ago tim brought a word great word um on peace being peacekeepers anyone remember that no don't he'd okay, be so discouraged if everyone went no i don't remember it okay if you missed it you need to hear it it was honestly both those messages are really excellent and worth listening to jesus has positioned us as leaders of influence in varying degrees of capacity in various different spaces in order to be peacekeepers. So whether that is just we think, well, I have no influence other than myself, well, then live at peace with Jesus. But you will connect with other people in your spaces of influence, whether it's in families, or workplaces, or communities, or neighbourhoods, or going to the shops, or going on a bus, or waiting for the train drivers to get... Sorry, back on the train. Um, (laughs) We are to be peacemakers. Wherever we are positioned, our leadership comes in service and it comes in being peacemakers. All good? Now we're looking at longevity. Well, why are we looking at longevity? Is it just because we want to be in the same role for 25 years? No, we're looking at longevity because we're in a relationship that is long with Jesus. We do this with the backdrop of eternity. Jesus wants us to get over the finishing line, the finishing line that becomes the starting line jesus wants us on a long journey with him why because he holds the beginning from the end so he doesn't want us to quit halfway he doesn't want us to quit a third of the way he doesn't want to quit us just before we get to the end he wants us over the line so we have to talk about longevity it isn't about a job description it isn't about a job title now you might have a leadership role that has a title leader in it It isn't that exciting you might but you might not Your leadership title might be just because you're a human in the space that you are. Or it might be because you're called mum, or dad or auntie or uncle or granddad or neighbor or friend or colleague. And that might be the title. And in the place where you're positioned, the Lord is wanting to get you over the finishing line for several reasons. And this is where we're going to look at. So what we're going to do, I'm just going to share a few thoughts with you. Thoughts that I believe will help you in your space to get over the finishing line. Thoughts that will help you fuel up for the journey. And hopefully we might even have a laugh along the way because that's always good, isn't it? But we might also cry and we might also feel the challenge and all of it is good as long as we get over the line. Okay, first thought. We graft because we're grafted. This is a scripture we brought to our attention last week as we were looking at the transition. It's a really important scripture. Let me read it to you. It should come up on the screen. It is Jesus capturing something of the essence of what it is to be grafted. and it says, He said this, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is se- severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Now look, let's be honest, leadership in a space of influence according to our capacity, whatever that is, there are days when it's really hard right? There are days when it's really tough. There are days when if we're doing it in our own strength, we get absolutely nowhere. But the word of the Lord is if we remain in Jesus and he is in us, then we will produce much fruit. Without him, nothing, nothing. Now I know there are some amazing people out there who don't know Jesus, who aren't doing anything in Jesus' name, but they're having quite a successful life. And in their leadership roles, you think, well, they're cracking on like they're doing a lot. But we're not talking about just a moment, a flash in the pan, we're talking about longevity. We're talking about something that will last for eternity, that will leave a legacy in the lives of the people around us, whether they remember our name or not is almost irrelevant to the whole thing. We are talking about longevity, so we want to produce fruit that will last for an eternity. So it is important to remain in him and understand apart from him, we can do nothing. Now, my daytime job um, is as CEO of Dignify, so this charity that we've set up to help children and young people have healthy relationships. And so we talk a lot about what harms them, we talk a lot about what helps them. And I, I spend quite a lot of time talking about porn um, and sexual objectification. But being a CEO, are there any CEOs in the room? Please let me know one. Um, so being a CEO, it turns out it's quite hard. It's quite an adult job. It's quite difficult. Um, it's quite jo- difficult because you have very clear, specific responsibilities as a CEO. Who knew that those three letters mean so much? But there's, there's jobs that require it. And one of the things I really don't like doing is an essential ingredient of the role of a CEO. And the thing that I really don't I don't like spreadsheets. And I don't like writing budgets, I don't like keeping budgets, I don't like making budgets, I don't like raising it. Like it's really hard work, but that is my job. Like I have no alternative. This is my job. So I kind of limped over the end of the year of December last year. If I'm honest, I was sort of limping over, not literally physically, um, but just exhausted and there was a lot going on. In the beginning of January, on January the 2nd, which was a bank holiday for all of you, I was meant to be heading up to Blackpool because the next day I was going to be speaking at the Youth for Christ National Conference. Now, I love Youth for Christ. I used to work for them many decades ago. And um, I was going to be delivering an hour's seminar, but I had to go up the day before because, like, it's Blackpool. Like, there's a long way, like it's nosebleed territory. Do you know what I mean? It's like a long way. Um, so I had to go, <laughs> to go there. Deliver the sermon or deliver the seminar rather. And then the next day I was coming back. Well, I didn't want to go because I was really tired. And I was having a bit of a, you know, a little moan saying, well, I don't think it's it's not a good use of my time. I'm just going to, it's two days, three days for one hour. Tim obviously did what he always does and calls me out. Says, but you said you'd go, so you've got to go. But then he also said, I think you're going to have an appointment with God. Now, Blackpool is by the beach and I meet God on beaches. I do meet him elsewhere it's okay. Because I realise we don't have many beaches around here. You might now all be really worried. But I definitely meet with Jesus on beaches. So I, I rushed up there. I got there just before sunset. I went out on the beach and I was just having a little bit of a rant, if I'm honest, a little bit of a chat with Jesus. Ever done that? The type of rant where you need to every now and then get your mobile phone out so that the dog walkers think you're talking to somebody. Because otherwise, you know, she's crazy. But I was, I was having a full-on chat with Jesus about the challenges I was facing and what was going on and my inadequacy and really shouldn't I be quitting already? And in this moment, he's showing me the big ocean and showing me that it's not about what I can do, but it's being part of his bigger story. And the fact that he wants this longevity because it's part of a bigger story and the ocean inspires me for that. So then I went back into these meetings and I was sneaking into the back of all these meetings because, you know, I was just there to talk about porn, but I snuck into the ones where they talked about Jesus too. And it was as if Jesus in one of the meetings just recalibrated my brain. It was as I chose to reroute back into him and re-invite me, or him back into me. It was as if he shifted something in my brain, literally switches were flicking. I came back the next day, as planned, said goodbye to the sea. Um, and then the very next day, eight hours in spreadsheets, loved it. Loved it. Wrote the budget, got the budget for this coming financial year. We then presented it a week later to the trustees and my colleague Nikki, many of you know Nikki. Um, They accepted it unanimously. Like before that, anytime I've mentioned a number, it's been pulled apart. And I go, I don't know. But, you know, I presented this budget. They all accepted it. Nikki said, that was too easy, wasn't it? It's like, no, I'll take easy. You see, when we're grafted into God, we're not doing things in our own strength when we're grafting. We do have to work hard. Of course we have to work hard. It's a privilege, we get to work hard, but we don't work hard in our strength, we work hard out of the quipping that comes with being grafted in him so that we can be fruitful, amen? In your place of work, yes, you're going to work hard. In your relationships, yes, you're going to work hard. In your communities, yes, you're going to work hard. But if you do it rooted in him, grafted in him, filled with him, you can be fruitful for longevity of eternity that will not just, you know, roll out of the financial year but will last long term. All good? Great. Second point, leaders of longevity, we need to reflect more than we receive. Jesus said this in Matthew's gospel. He says this in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. You see, we are meant to do good deeds, we are meant to do things, we are meant to live out our faith, not just kind of sit in our faith, but we lead, we bring our influence into the spaces we are to whatever capacity we have, not to receive the praise, not to look good ourselves, but to reflect Jesus. There's a temptation, is it that? Maybe, probably. There's a toxicity that can come with leadership that is all about grabbing attention. We live in a culture that children are growing up in with the ambition to be famous. He said, what do you want to be famous for? I don't know, I just want to be famous. Because there is this cultural pull and we can't just point fingers at children and say, silly things, because we fall into it. We want this too. If any of you are on social media and you ever post a picture about yourself, There is a little bit where we need to question our motivations sometimes. Why are we posting this? What attention are we trying to get through this? What is this image really saying? Because there is a pull for fame, for acknowledgement. We all want to be seen and liked, and that's understandable. And and of course we want to be seen, and we want to see other people. We don't want any invisible people walking around on the earth. We must see each other, and we want to be seen. But we don't want to become these people who it's all about us. You see, if we make it about us, then we're short-term. But if we make it about Jesus, we're going longevity-wise. We're working for eternity because he is eternal. So how do we live in a way... That reflects more than receives. Many years ago, someone sat in my office downstairs. So the team office downstairs. It used to be two offices. I was in one of the offices. Somebody came into my office to chat with me, and um, you won't know this person, but you know they sat there saying, "You know, Helen, I want to hold onto your coat tails." Don't think at the time I was, you know, actually wearing a coat, but um, I think it was metaphorical. But they wanted to hold onto my coat tails. It's like why? Like that's weird, but. You know, they said, I want to hold onto your coattails because I think you're going to be really big. They weren't talking about me everything. I think you're going to be really big and I want to be there when that happens. It's like, have my coat. Like, gen- like if that's your goal, just have my coat because that's not where I'm going. And if I got into that space, you definitely wouldn't want to be there with me if it became about me being big. You see, Jesus is calling us to be part of his big story. He will grow us and he will increase influence if we are reflecting him for his big story, for his big purposes. Now, I think if this person had hung around long enough, um, they would probably be mortified the places I was taking them now. And it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to talk about porn, that's icky. So I think they're probably very grateful they went off to find that other platform. But there is a challenge for us to not make things about ourselves but to reflect Jesus. That when people look at us, whether we're at school or university or college or work in our neighborhoods or our families, they're not seeing just what we're doing, but they're saying, wow, that was amazing what you did. That must have been God. That is amazing. I heard God speak through you. I feel so good when I'm near you. Why is that? Well, it's because it's God. Tim was asked this recently at work, you know, how come you're so happy all the time? Well, it's... He could have said, you mom, have you met my wife?" No. He didn't. He didn't, because <laughs> it's not about us. It's because of God. He 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 took the moment honestly to witness. He's he's a better man than me. See, well, I'm not a very good man at all. But um, it's because of God. Why are you so happy with him? Because of God. Because Jesus is in me, yes, you will have those opportunities you will have those opportunities in your places and spaces. Okay, point three, just keep starting. These verses from Isaiah. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. I get tired all the time all the time and yet there is a promise that when we are in jesus and when he is in us we will be renewed now i share a story some of you um if you've read any of my books will have read this one um but i share a story and i have fresh permission to share this story okay i i messaged said candidate anyway what happened was this is about uh, 2014, however many years ago that is, I uh, count it. Um, 2014, the f- the, our family went on holiday to America. Now, you might not know this about Tim. He camouflages it well. But he is actually born and bred American and all of his family are over in America, So, apart from his brother. So we were over there you know, doing the tour of America and sneaking out to see various different places in America. We have three children. We have four now because we've got an in-law, um, but our children were too young to provide us an in-law son. So we just had three because that would have been wrong. Um, so we had three children at the time and we decided to go to the grand canyon have you ever been to the grand canyon like i've heard good things about it but i was like it can't be that good i mean it's a hole in the ground come on it can't be that good honestly it's breathtaking it's like (gasps) meet with jesus not even at a beach like fully it's an amazing place anyway we decided as a family don't judge us we decided we were going to walk down a little bit into the canyon Not a major hike, you know, we had small children, we were reasonable. Um, Just go down about an hour, then you get to a viewpoint, you can have a little snack, you can take a little photo, and then you just come back up again, because what goes down in the canyon has to come up, one way or the other, on a stretcher or otherwise, it's coming up. So we were going for this walk. Now we read the guidebooks, because we're responsible adults, and the responsible thing to do is apparently drink often, like drink to thirst, so that you hydrate and eat salty snacks. Okay, drink to hydrate when you're thirsty, eat salty snacks, because otherwise you will die. And the, the, they were really, the, the guidebooks were really like, you will die, and it's like, now maybe we overemphasized the death bit to our children a little bit, I don't know. Um, but we had enough water, we had enough snacks, we set off, going down was fine. Little bit, you know, you know, slippy, dodgy underfoot, occasionally, there's a word for it, shingly, there's a word, find it. Um, but anyway, we were going down, all fine. We had our photo. It was lovely. Everyone was happy. Our children were glad they were our children. We were glad they were our children. We were still in love. Everything was happening right. Then, now we've got to go back uphill. At this point, our family divided quite quickly. (laughs) It was interesting. So, The worse one got, the better others got. You know, it's almost to prove a point. So basically, one of our children decided they did not want to walk back up, nor did they have the capacity to walk back up and they were going to stay there and die. (laughs) Um, (laughs) which really wasn't an option. And um, the other two children, seeing this one, you know, were like, you know, okay, we're now going to be angels. They practically skipped up. They were like, oh, this is great, isn't it? While the other one was like, I can't do this. Now we did have an option to, you know, shove over or leave, but that's not really good. So at this point, our marriage divided quite swiftly. Tim, Tim decided he would take the two children because, you know, that's hard work, right, babe? So he took the two children and they skipped happily off telling stories. It was a beautiful moment. And I was left with a child who, you know, well, I knew she was mine because I pushed her out. But, you know, it was just like, wow, wow, who are you and how did you get here? And so at this point, <laughs> at this point, honestly, the fuss was 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 beyond anything that I could relay so what I ended up doing was I had used my hand not to you know shove or anything I used my hand just be in the small of her back you know so every time she stopped I was just just keep starting and literally she would you know she'd take a step I can't go anymore and I would that's fine just keep starting and I must have said just keep starting about five million times and you know she kept saying I feel sick and I said it's fine throw up and then just keep starting it's like we're going to get to the top whatever happens so just keep keep starting. You see, one of the things we need to remember in the longevity of following Jesus is we will get tired, but we just need to keep starting. You see, the Holy Spirit in us is like in the hand in our back, and he will give us the strength. His strength is enough for us to get where he wants us to go, which is to our very last breath, when we take our first breath into eternity. He wants us to get over the line. So just keep starting. It's okay to be tired, just keep starting. Okay, next point. We need to be people who are spirit led, and word confirmed. Now, before I read the scripture that I wanna draw your attention to, we know about the word of God. Timothy writes about it. It says it's it's useful for correcting and teaching and telling us things. We know about the Holy Spirit because when Jesus was leaving to go to the Father and said, wait, the Holy Spirit will come to you. He said, the Holy Spirit will tell you what you need to know and remind you of what you've forgotten. I love that. Jesus is factored in the fact that we will forget things. Which is beautiful, especially to every menopausal woman. I will tell you what you need to know and what you've forgotten. This is important. So we know the power of the word and we know the power of the spirit when colliding and combining is everything we need. If we're just about the word, we're in danger of being legalistic. If we're just about the spirit, we're in danger of just being all about feelings. Well, I feel this. Jesus is all about word and spirit. Matthew, Jesus had just introduced himself to the world. He'd just been baptized. The Holy Spirit had descended on him like a dove, big voices from heaven going, this is my son. It was an amazing moment, like such a launch into ministry. And then we read in Matthew four, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry, bless him, very hungry. Through the temptations that happened, Jesus wielded the weapon of the word. Every time the enemy misquoted a scripture that Jesus responded with, but it is written, the word of God says. So we have to know the word of God if we're going to be able to fight the temptation. But more importantly in this moment, if we are spirit led people, We have to be willing to follow the spirit through the wilderness, but I don't like it there. No, of course not, but I don't wanna stay there. Well, then just keep walking. There's so many times when I have known Christians to give up when it gets tough. It's just so hard, I can't do this anymore. You don't understand, I just need me time. No! It is when it's hard that you need to keep walking filled with the spirit, following the spirit in the word and of the spirit to be able to get through the wilderness. Otherwise, if you pitch camp in the wilderness, guess where you're staying? In the wilderness. We need to be word and spirit led. And if we just feel something and it doesn't match up to scripture, then ignore that feeling press into the spirit to get the spirit and the word together. If Jesus went by his feelings, he would have had a picnic in the wilderness and he would have just, I'm feeling hungry. I'm going to eat. But he knew there was a bigger story because there's longevity and eternity. And if he blew it in that moment, everything changes for everyone. So he had eternal hope in him to be able to take the hard choices and not the shortcuts in that moment, to be word and spirit led. If he can, we can. Why? Because he's in us and we're in him, grafted to him, able to bear fruit for eternity. Are we all good? Okay. Number five, live the difference. Huh. so there's lots of stories of this in the old and the new testament and in modern day testament too there are lots of stories where everything around is chaos you know cost of living crisis and wars and fuel crisis and relational crises and online crises and offline crises and all the things that we're going around there's a chapter there's a book of chronicles and there was a story about what was going on with the israelites and everything was going crazy everything was nuts and into that space a prophet came to speak to king asa and he gave this word and i just want to capture some of it um as he was reigning the prophet went to speak and he says this during those dark times it was not safe to travel problems troubled the people of every land nation fought against nation and city against city for god was troubling them with every kind of problem but as for you be strong and courageous, for your work will be rewarded. My friends, we need to be people, if we're going to be leaders of longevity, to increase influence in our space according to our capacity with the people around us, whomever they are, if we are going to be following Jesus through wildernesses and all the glorious spaces, we have to recognize that we are called to not just think differently, but to also live different and to live the difference. We have to recognize the, but as for us we don't need to be afraid but as for us we will still hold to faith now it doesn't there's no promise in the bible that i will be able to find for you that say we can have no troubles or that you know the world can be in crisis but you know as for us it's just a party you know, that's that doesn't exist we're gonna have troubles we i can show you that we're gonna have troubles But the point is our attitude and our perspective and our holding to hope that this too shall pass. Why? Because eternity hope is before us. When my kids were younger, they would often come to me. I'd normally send them to Tim at this point, but they would often come to me and say, I need to have, I want to have, can I do? And the line would be, but everybody else has it. Everybody else is doing this. Everybody else. And it's like my response every time, Well, they're not mine. You are. And I say, whatever, no or yes, depending on what it is that they're asking for. But you're not theirs and I'm not theirs and you're mine. They're not mine. You see, when we recognize as Christ followers, we are the father's and he is ours. So as for us, we need to get used to the fact of living the difference. We do not need to follow the patterns of the world, the pull of the world, the lure of the world. We need to be in the world, reaching the world, relevant in the nuts, in the sense that we are displaying Jesus to the world. You know, they don't look at our good deeds and think you're crazy. They look at our good deeds and see the Father. So there's a, there's a job to be done there. But we can live in this space, but as for us We can be strong and courageous. We can be filled with Jesus. We can be filled with hope for the long distance. Not, oh, I've had a really great day. I'm so full of hope. But oh, then the next day, no hope. No, day after day after day, we can live in this eternal hope that better days are coming and that Jesus is with us in the days now. Why? Because we're His and He's ours. And we've got more than a family resemblance, we don't just share a surname. We are redeemed by Jesus. Okay. Final point. Just keep turning up. I think probably this is the most important thing, if I'm honest, about longevity. Just keep turning up. Yeah. Peter in his letters says this by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Everything we need, everything we need. We have received all of this by coming to know him. So supplement, in other words, add supplement to your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance. It goes on all this. It's like a recipe that is being explained, a recipe of all the ingredients that we get to add by choice to what it is to be a Christ follower. But endurance, keep turning up. There are relationships that God has positioned you in connection with. Keep turning up in them. There's a workplace situation that's hard and you'd like to run. And at some point, the Lord will release you from it. But if that's not now, just keep turning up, turning up on the rotor, putting out the chairs. Just keep turning up in your marriage. If it's a healthy marriage, just keep turning up. If it's an abusive one, we'll have a conversation off stage. But that's a different story. But on the basis that it's not, then just keep turning up. Tim has um, had a relative. He, he was like 500 years old. He was a really old man. He'd been married for about 75 years. Yeah? I think it was like he was really old and married for 75 years. And Tim's like, what's the secret for a long marriage? And he goes, just stay married. He's <laughs> like, just turn up. There was a really, really tragic story in the news just recently about a young woman who had died and was in her home for three years undiscovered. She had mental health issues that had meant the family relationships had broken down because they felt that she felt they were at risk, you know, and hurting her. So they backed off all the social services. They just backed off and nobody turned up. Just turn up. Just turn up, even if you never get your foot over the threshold of the door of that person who you are faithfully loving, just turn up. Because one day they'll realize, oh, can I talk to you? Just turn up. The reason why we're still here is because we just keep turning up. We just keep turning up. It's one of the reasons I go to the gym. I just turn up because I'm hanging around with fit people. I'm hoping it will rub off. But, But if I just turn up, I'm quite likely to exercise. Obviously, never get in the abs of Shaggin, but, um, but, but if we just turn up, at least we're in a space where we might do something healthy and make a healthy choice, right? So with our faith, we just need to turn up. We need to get up. We need to get out. We need to turn up. Why? Because Jesus wants us for the long haul, because Jesus has planned eternity with us. So we have to get over the line. So turn up. Yeah turn up, engage in this relationship with Jesus. Engage in the opportunities he gives you. Turn up, turn up, turn up. People need you to be near them, to display Jesus to them. You might never get to do that explicitly, but you can implicitly demonstrate Jesus. When I'm in classrooms, And in sort of public speaking context on behalf of Dignify, I don't talk about Jesus explicitly, because that's not what I'm there to do. That's not our goal. Our goal is to talk about healthy relationships. We talk about porn not jesus that sounds weird but that's what we do welcome to my world but there are every time i take jesus implicitly because we're speaking values we're speaking love we're speaking things of his heart for children and young people to give them a better narrative to help them reimagine relationships that are healthier and better than the world is currently demonstrating i was in one youth group where there were 16 girls last summer And I was talking with them, and I was talking with them about being a disruptor to the norm of sexual objectification and how we can position ourselves to just change the trajectory and and just begin to disrupt the negative stuff. And and this one girl started just weeping. Now, this was not a trauma response. She wasn't, you know, being triggered in a way. What was happening for this young girl is she was suddenly seeing that she could make a difference. She was suddenly seeing her life could make a difference in something that is unhealthy. And if I hadn't turned up... If I hadn't turned up, she would have had a great day. There was a full program going on of other things, you know, with other conversations. She would have had a great day, but no one would have told her, you can make a difference. She wouldn't have had that moment to have a better imagination for her future and her current days. You see, when we turn up, things can change for others. Okay, look, let's just recap, just to remind you. We graft because we're grafted. This is not about striving. It's not about all effort on us. It's about being fruitful because Jesus is in us, flowing through us. We reflect more than we receive. This is not about making our name famous. This is about demonstrating the love of the Father wherever he positions us for whatever we are doing just keep starting. Just keep starting. You know, allow the Holy Spirit to be that hand in your back. But I think from time to time, the Lord will position us so that we're alongside the weak and the weary, and it'll be our hand in their back, and the Holy Spirit flowing through us, and our hand will be lovingly saying, Come on, just keep starting. Just keep starting. And you, where you're feeling that you want to quit and you're feeling like you can't do this anymore, just keep starting. Just keep starting. Break that addiction day at a time. Heal that relationship word at a time. Just keep starting. We need to be spirit led and word confirmed. Allow the two to collide together. Word and spirit. That we can know the word in order to be able to wield the word. So a starting place might be dusting off your Bible, not waiting for just one meal a week but dusting off your bible getting in the word just a bit every day so that you're ready alongside the holy spirit with you live the difference be willing in and out of season to be your dad's kid he's yours you're his The rules are different for us. The rules are different for us. He's got a higher standard. He's got a higher imagination. He's got a better story, a bigger story, and he wants us part of his bigger story, not settling for less. And just keep turning up. Just keep turning up day after day after day after day, until our last breath becomes our first breath on the eternal timeline. We're gonna sing a song in a minute, which the band are pleased about, because otherwise they just come up and it's like, Helen, please stop, we're here now. We're gonna sing a song, many of you will know it, called Oceans. I want you to connect with the words. You love it? I love it too. You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown where feet may fail. And there I find you in the mystery. In oceans deep, my faith will stand and I will call upon your name. It goes on to say this, Spirit, lead me where my trust is with borders. Look, I know that this is a great tune. It evokes feelings, doesn't it? But this is the truth about what it is to be a leader of longevity. It's trust without borders. It's saying to the Lord, okay, if there's a wilderness, so be it. If there's a mountaintop, so be it. If it's through a fiery furnace or in a lion's den, so be it. I will follow you where there is no limit to my trust and I'm not just mustering this up but I'm doing this because Holy Spirit you are in me Jesus is in me and I am grafted to him and therefore I can have fruitfulness in my trust that it will grow with no limits would you stand with me and make this song your heart cry prayer trust with no borders You call me out upon the waters The great unknown My feet may fail And there I find you in the mystery With oceans To rise, my soul will rest in your embrace, for I am yours. You are mine, oh. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, Wasping Church, or how you can grow in others in faith, connect with us by clicking the link in the episode description or by joining us on Sundays at 9am and 11am in person and online.